We got that new merch out. Some killer designs from some great artists. Uh, if you want the blue shirt, you got to earn it. Okay? You can't buy it. You got to earn it. You got to be our pig of the week. And that's going to be on our Twitter page. That's what we're calling it, the pig of the week. So make sure you go to at Valley Boys Pod on Twitter and tell us how you embraced your filth. This week, it was uh, Kel78 who told us he couldn't find a clean sock, so he found one under the couch, and he wore that. Mm, pretty tame. Again, we don't want to hear about your perverted ways you're embracing your filth, especially... Just don't tell us anything about that. But uh, So Kel78 not only gets the Blue Valley Boys shirt for free, but he gets his own quote printed on the back so everybody knows what a filthy little dumpster pig he is. Uh, so go to valleyboyspodcast.com, check out the new designs. Uh, you can pick up some new shirts, hoodies, uh, hats, toques, not beanies, toques, which everybody in L.A. is wearing right now. You know, it's a very chill 65, 70 degrees in Los Angeles, and holy shit, everybody loses their mind. Which is hilarious if you're from a colder climate like eh, half the people here. But that's how you can tell who is from L.A. and who isn't. You know, by the layers you wear in December. What you're wearing in winter in L.A. is a dead giveaway of uh, where you're from. 60 degrees in December? Bitch, that's beach weather for a Winnipeg boy. I'm out here in booty shorts, greasing up my mantids with coconut oil. You know, but people born and raised, they're in a full parka, ski suit. They look like astronauts going to the moon but people can get all snotty about that shit there's a there's a hierarchy with people who have moved to la like within the la transplant community and it's all based on how long they've been here and they measure it like a fucking toddler's age i've been here for seven and a half months and somebody else will be like call me when you've been here for nine months and still have nothing going on <laughs> it's like they get a teardrop tattoo on their face every 30 days they've been here Hey, you got to respect how long I've been here not achieving my dreams yet. And but that's the thing. People move here every single day thinking they're going to get discovered at In-N-Out, and all they get is an eating disorder. And women start with that plastic surgery shit about two or three years in. Okay? First, they get it in their ass. It's that Brazilian butt lift. It's where they scrape fat out of your gut and shove it up your butt. And their butts get so big, you think they're allergic to bees. And then they go to the face. Oh, you're turning 30? Time to get that lizard tuck. We've talked about this on the podcast before. You don't actually look younger. You just look different or like a victim of domestic violence or a lizard. But aside from plastic surgery, there are a couple of ways uh, you can tell how long someone's been in L.A. First, uh, first, first, first is what kind of drugs you're offered. Oh, basalts? How retro. Can't believe it's been two years already. <laughs> oh, cocaine? Already? But I just got here. You could be in L.A. on a layover. You could be rocking a piss in the bathroom at LAX and someone's going to offer to sell you cocaine. But the other way to tell how long you've been here is, uh, is how often you go to the STD clinic. All right. At first, you're going all the time, you know, but then they start recognizing you and, and, and calling you on, on a first name basis. Hey, Greg, how are the kids you don't know about? Ooh, hi, Janine. Glad to see you're still with us. But then you start fading out a little bit. You know, you're like, meh. I'll go when I go. I've been here a while in L.A. Nothing bad has happened at the clinic. And then they start sending you postcards, you know, uh, at Christmas time, like, like the dental office does with their families and shit. It's the little reminders that start coming in, the emails. Hey, it's been a while since we've seen you. You should really book an appointment, you disgusting little pig. But they figure it's like the temperature of a shower. Don't change anything until it starts burning. <laughs> Fuck, that's gross. 
<laughs> Speaking of when something's burning, you know, I used to work at a bar in Winnipeg and I'm pretty sure that's where uh, some STDs originated from. It's called the Charlie. It's not there anymore. They tore it down and built a gas station or a bathhouse or something. It had quite the clientele. There was there was this family called the Gays. Okay, that was their name, Mr. and Mrs. Gay. And they had their three little wild gay boys. They were all, the boys were about my age, college age. And they would, they would all come into the bar and just wreck the place. We're talking Tyrannosaurus wrecked. One of the gay boys was dating, um, one of the twin sisters that lived upstairs from me. Remember, gay is their name. Okay, I'm not. So I had to deal with them quite a bit. I lived in an apartment right across from the, from the bar. So, but it was just your usual Winnipeg shit, you know, getting wasted and breaking stuff. Nothing too bad, except the day that we had to kick out the gay dad. All right. We had to ban him. Now, I'm not going to put the words in order here on the podcast, but he said something horribly racist to our Japanese female bartender. He uh, he described her eyes as slanty and called her a bitch. All right. Figure it out. So, of course, we give him the boot and off he goes. But then he comes back with all three of the gay sons and they're causing a scene for kicking him out. The gay dad was just fucking wrecked, too, because he came with him. You know, he's just standing there. He can barely stand. He's just swiveling there. And he's like, what? Do you have a, do you have a glass eye? And we're like, what? And then, uh, you know, we, 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 of course, we told the gay boys what he called the Japanese bartender. And, man, the look of disappointment that came over their faces. The elder gay son looked over to his gay dad and in utter disbelief. He's like, did you fucking call her that? Because, you know, they're just wild drunks. They're not necessarily assholes. And the gay dad goes, well, she is a slanty-eyed bee. And then, you know, they left. They took off, of course. Uh, the gay dad ended up dying shortly after that, you know, which is very sad. But we had significantly fewer broken chairs and glasses in the bar. It's kind of a Winnipeg fairy tale. Because I feel like, you know, I'm, this is my hometown, so I got to talk a little bit of shit about it. But I say this in, a, in an endearing way. But everybody in Winnipeg is either drunk or stoned. Frequently both. And again, not even in a bad way. But I will say, it's funny how pot smokers everywhere, Winnipeg and elsewhere, kind of make it their whole identity. You know, clothing, usernames, um, weedguy69 at Gmail. The gay family, again, that's their last name. They're, they're sort of like those marijuana advocates, but backwards. It's They're that for alcohol. So, you know, instead of, instead of the Hawaiian shirts with pot leaves all over it, theirs just had mustard stains. Instead of Walls plastered with Bob Marley posters. Their walls had holes punched in it, filled with plaster. <laughs> but neither could uncross their bloodshot eyes, nor complete a complete sentence. But everybody thinks they could drive just fine. I don't know. Fuck. Fuck. Sorry, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm trying to cut down on the cussing on the podcast a little bit, but it is. It's just natural for me. You know that Trailer Park Boys episode? If I can't smoke and swear, I'm fucked. I'm sort of the same way. Do you remember the first time you actually heard someone say fuck or the first time you said it? Because for me, it happened at the same time. Okay. 32 years ago. In fact, when I was six years old, we were over at, uh, some fellow Jehovah's witnesses house. Okay. So you already know where this is going. Nothing perverted. Just keep in mind, this is just for like a dinner thing. There was a couple families there and the older kids, you know, they were in the basement being cool and awesome. And they're talking about this F word. And I was dying to know what this basically this secret code that they were talking about was. And they just told me, hey, it's bad. Don't worry about it. We just we're just talking about how we never say it and never will. So, of course, that meant 
I had to know what they were talking about so I knew what word not to say. They still wouldn't tell me. So I kind of escalated the issue. You know, I went to the manager, to all the parents. And uh, I asked everybody, while we were eating dinner at the table, I, I just said, what is the F word? And everybody just kind of ignored me. And after the fifth or sixth time I'm asking this louder and louder, one of the other Jehovah's Witnesses said, it rhymes with puck. Now, being in kindergarten, I knew about all the rhymes. We were Dr. Seuss in it, so I put it together out loud. Okay, puck, F. And I went, fuck? And everybody just lost it, man. They were all telling me, like, you know, how bad it was and how I shouldn't say that word ever. And now I felt like, you know, I was in the older kid club, you know? It was like I knew something uh, a cool kid knows. So the next day, I'm being driven to school by my mom. And I'm sitting in the front seat thinking I'm a total badass because I know something I shouldn't. You know, I got my arm against, you know, like st sitting out the window like a trucker. I'm doing a uh, this little strut thing in my 90s acid watch denim jacket with the collar popped up. This is very real. And I, I vividly remember this. And a Paula Abdul song comes on. And she starts singing, I'm in the funky way. And then I give a cocky little smirk, you know? I'm like, hey, ma, it sounds like she's saying something else. And my mom says, oh, what's that, sweet David? Because that's what I was at the time. That was about to change. And I tell her, you know, sounds like she's saying something else. My mom's like, I still don't get it. I don't know what you mean, and I don't know what word it is. So... I interpret that as an invitation to say the word that only club members can say. So I tell my mom, it sounds like she's saying, I'm in the fucky way. And oh man, she instantly turned into a beast. Snarling and growling, all that shit. And I was just like, oh, awesome. And we arrive at the school and she tells me to get out of the car. I'm no longer sweet David. I'm just shitty Dave. And I strut into class and I see my little friends and I tell them, hey guys, I know a word that turns grown-ups into dragons. That's the, that is the actual word I chose, dragons. And of course, my little friends, they don't believe me. They're like, ah, you're full of it. There's no such word. And I say, you guys ever hear the F word? And they're like, no. And so I tell them, I'm like, watch this. And one kid kind of stops me, and he's like, hey, man, don't do it. So apparently he knows. He's aware. He's like, that's too much power for just one man. But I ignore him. I yell across the room to the teacher. I'm like, hey, Miss Van Beesbrook. And she looks over and she's like, yes, sweet David. And I just go, fuck. And then she turned into a dragon, man. She comes snarling over the room like a, like a fucking silverback. Just a total beast. She grabs me by the ear and everything. Pulls me into the office. And I swear I heard one of the kids say, oh, my God, Dave's a wizard. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Much like a car you buy off Craigslist, life does not come with a user manual. At least there's BetterHelp Online Therapy, which is basically the next best thing. Feeling stuck is something we all go through, and navigating your way through the challenges of life on your own can be pretty difficult. Sometimes you're changing jobs, going through personal matters, relationship turbulence, becoming a new parent. With a BetterHelp therapist, you can get guidance in finding the cause of conflicting emotions and learn productive coping skills therapy really can be the closest thing to that user manual in life 
BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's the easiest way to get therapy anywhere you have an internet connection. It's really that easy. When I'm having my own personal issues, which, as you guys know, it's quite a bit, a therapist helps me develop coping skills so I'm not getting all worked up about the small things. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched over 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Again, it couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash valleyboys. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash valleyboys. All right, shift of gears after the ad break. Uh, I've been thinking about this a little bit, how you can, you can tell a lot about how a couple will thrive based on how they met. But more importantly, you could tell how a couple is going to break up based on how they met. You know, if they're top executives at a certain major television company, that'll be unnamed. Uh, they're not going to get dumped or or cheat. They're going to have affairs. You know, this shit's going to involve hotel rooms with secret credit cards. They're going to have lawyers doing all the talking for them. And on the opposite end, it's like that one girl I met drinking in the alley. I've told you guys that before. We ended up dating for eight months. That relationship ended by her stripping down naked, ripping a baseboard off the wall, and hit me on the head with it. And then calling 911 at 3 a.m. because I called her a dumpster pig. But of course, that's what I get. I should have predicted that based on how we met drinking in an alley. But man, different generations did it differently. Okay? Your grandmother will tell you that your grandpa showed up at the corner store where she worked at and asked her out every day for weeks. You know, he'd follow her home. He'd do all kinds of crazy shit that'll get you me too now. And then, if, you know, finally she agrees to go out with them as some sort of, you know, backwards way of thinking it'll get rid of them. But they end up getting married a month later. Man, that's not love. That's just Stockholm Syndrome. But people before us, or, or at least before right now, uh, they, they would meet at bars and shit, getting wasted, doing coke. They'd just be like, hey, you look, let's fuck. And that's it. Then along comes you. Back uh, back when online dating first came out, it, it really was taboo. You know, it was just for the weirdos and the creeps and the dirts. People would be like, hey, man, why don't you meet someone face to face? Just go walk up to someone at the supermarket or the bar while you're wasted and blackout drunk and go, hey, look, let's fuck. And they all said the same shit like that. You know, meeting people online, that's how serial killers find their victims. They could be anybody. Hey, you know, they're not a serial killer. But that shit totally switched around. You know, thinking about it, meeting people in, in person now is weird. How often do you hear someone saying, I was in the supermarket and this fucking pervert came up and talked to me with his words out of his mouth? What the fuck, creep? You hear someone meeting at the bar and you're like, oh my God, why didn't you just meet someone online like a normal person? You could vet through people based on your lifestyle, interests, goals, and intent. Meeting someone at a bar? That could be anyone. How do you know they're not a serial killer? But I don't know, man. I think that serendipitous bullshit is, is cheesy as fuck. And also complete bullshit, okay? Even if the intentions are noble. You'll hear some shit like, oh, we met when your father uh, chased down a guy who stole my purse. But do you know what that actually means? It means your father did something nice for me, but also wanted to fuck me. Eventually we did, and then we just kept doing it. 
but whatever. Online dating's not even new anymore. But that's how the gears have shifted. But hey, man, I'll say this. Do you think it's a coincidence the kids eating Tide Pods are old enough to be born by the first dick pic sender? Okay, my female friend, a female friend of mine recently got a dick pic. How retro? You know, that's some basalt shit. That's a, that's like 2019 before the Me Too movement. And I got to say, I got to say, when I first heard about dick pics, you know, back in 2007, my friend was describing a situation where this dude online sent her a message and then she opened it up and it was a picture of his dick. And I admit it, I laughed my ass off when I first heard this, not at the like grotesque moral violation, but at the sheer absurdity of it. I'm like, oh my God, his dick? What are the odds that this one time in history, something like that would ever happen to someone I know? But then of course, five minutes later, another female friend told me the exact same story. And I'm like, oh, this is a fucking thing now. You know, and I was kind of fascinated with this phenomenon. I started really thinking about dicks, you know, in this context. It's like, are they like flashers on the streets? The guys wearing nothing but, uh, you know, a trench coat and a Nixon mask who show their wieners to ladies walking by? Nah. No, because that act is the, the, the reward is in the act itself. The dick pic guys are actually hoping for something in return. You know, that's their pickup line in the most primitive form. It's like, look, it's a fleshy tube of disease you could put in your vagina. But could you imagine if it, were, if it was the other way around? You know, guys were telling all their other dude friends they're like oh man this girl on tinder sent me a picture of her titties what is it with all these ladies only wanting one thing from us dude if that happened if that happened the guys would be at your house before you could even send the message you know just leaving behind like a cartoon cloud of smoke where they stood so why why oh why do guys just randomly send dick pics and i'll tell you why it's because the overwhelming vast majority of women do not like it the overwhelming vast majority, but not all, okay? There is a microscopic percentage of women who will get a dick pic from a complete stranger and be like, yeah, that's what I want for dinner tonight. And you know she's got uh, a phone as cracked as her nail polish, which is all good. I'm not even judging, but that's what I'm saying. It's a law of averages, okay? For example, you could stand out on Hollywood Boulevard and ask every stranger that walks by if they are interested in taking a shit and a piss in your mouth, Okay? And no matter how obscure your proposition is, somebody will eventually partake in your request. You'll get beat up a lot, you know, probably arrested, but eventually you'll find that Tinderella who fits a glass dick. And again, no judgments, but the type of woman that goes for the dick pic guy isn't the kind of lady you need to commit virtually a thousand acts of criminal sexual harassment to convince them to have sex with you. This is the kind of girl you could be like, hey, excuse me, do you know what time it is? And she goes... Yeah, it's time to fuck. Which, of course, people have met that way. Statistically, there are enough dick pics out there that it it works well enough for people to keep fucking after they met that way. I mean, it's Christmas time. People are bringing their dick pic lovers over for Christmas at some point. Could you imagine that awkward story? Well, Grandma, we met when he sent me a picture of his cock. We exchanged addresses and STDs. But you know what? The next day we went to Denny's with change we found in the futon and we discovered we both like Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know. Dick pics are here forever, I feel like. I hate to say it. It's disgusting. It's awful, but it's here forever. Okay, there's always going to be those dudes until we go to arranged marriages. And I'm not even opposed to that because I feel like free will is kind of played out. 
None of us could be trusted to even pick the right avocado, let alone one person, to spend every day with for the rest of the marriage until it inevitably ends in divorce. Arranged marriages end in death, dude. The only way a successful marriage ends. You know, we say shit like, oh, marriage is forever, but divorce is definitely more forever. People put more thought into the hashtag they want for the wedding than the actual person they're marrying. And of course, you know that one drunk cousin who shows up in a tuxedo t-shirt. He's going to post a picture of his ass hanging out with the hashtag Marion Dennis number one forever. Or more like number two or three, probably. But that's the thing. Everybody gives himself too much credit, which is fine. Only the best for me. And hey, do you. Because you got to spend the next two to three years with that person. So they better be only the best for you. But the reality is picking a partner for yourself is a lot like bringing something into a pawn shop. You rarely get what you're looking for, but you'll take it if you're desperate enough. But I mean, if you can't, if you can't commit to the same $900 cell phone for more than two years because the new one is 10% faster, what are you going to do when your partner gets 10% fatter? But that's the thing. Like, people will immediately dismiss somebody as with all these red flags based on virtually nothing. Again, do you. Whatever's a red flag, throw them in the garbage. I had this one girl tell me that uh, she met this dude that she actually really liked, but she couldn't be with him because he kept too much shit in his pockets. Hmm. But hey, on the other side, we also pick stupid reasons to marry someone. Like, not wanting to grow old alone. But my God, that would be awesome. Bye, honey. I'm going out for a few days to do whatever the fuck I want. And by honey, I mean the doorman. Because in this situation, you're rich and got a doorman. But we live in an era of extreme conveniences. People say shit like, I'm going to order Grubhub for the third time this week because cooking my own dinner is for peasants. And I mean, no potential spouse can live up to the same entitlement only given to royalty at one point. Dude, you remember that one king? He cut off his wife's heads when he was bored with them. But we use apps to, to find someone to date in the first place. So it's not really that much different than an arranged marriage. But instead of your parents basically sex trafficking you, sex trafficking you, it's a, it's a machine's algorithms. I don't know. If we were on board to get to to go with arranged marriages, what do you think millennial parents would barter for the dowry? You know, it's like I'll let my kid marry yours, but you got to give me the HBO password with all the add-ons for life, and I want vape juice and craft beer and a new desk from IKEA. And what horrible calculation is used to figure out which parent has to pay the dowry? It's like. Yeah, your three-year-old kid is good at finger painting, but he also eats the paint. That's not vape juice material. <laughs> All right, we're going to end it there. Uh, once again, go to valleyboyspodcast.com. Valleyboyspodcast.com. Pick yourself up. Uh, hit the merch button. Pick yourself up a shirt, a toque, not a beanie, a toque, a hat, whatever the fuck. There's leggings on there, I guess. Um, we're on Twitter at Valley Boys Pod. Let us know how you're embracing your filth and you could be our pig of the week where you get the coveted blue shirt that you can't buy with no amount of money. Uh, we're Valley Boys Podcast on Instagram and I am back on Twitter at Dave Weasel. Um, all 500,000 followers restored after 10 months of being suspended because I was hacked. Didn't even do anything wrong. I was, sus I was suspended for that shit, but I lost the blue check mark. <laughs> Whatever. I got it on Instagram. I'm still at Dave Weasel on there. Okay. From Reseda, California, we, I am the Valley Boys. Good night.